0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Happy post-Memorial Day Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, please turn off the lights on the way out. The market is closed for the summer. Okay, it's not really, but it kind of feels a little bit like that. There's this phrase that pays on Wall Street called sell in May and go away. And I'll be honest, yeah, this year kind of feels like that to me. Now, again, does it mean it to you? No. So I still have to suck it up and show up and talk money investing in more. And I will, but it doesn't feel like feels like politics season right now. It doesn't necessarily feel like earnings season and I'm more about the do ray me. So that's out there. Now let's talk take a look at some of the bigger stories out there. Stocks rise on tech rebound. Woohoo! I'll take that for a dollar. That's that's good. I'm I'm good with that. Tech rebound. Um It's been a weird four weeks, five weeks on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. The Dow Jones Industrial Average has been negative. Sell in May and go away. Is that possible? It might be. Or at least it feels a little bit like that, right? Oh, one of the things I want to throw out there for you is that the China trade war doesn't end all and be all. And it's important for you to remember. Ancient Chinese secret is... It's okay. We will figure out how to do business and businesses will figure out how to do business. But it will slow down economic activity in the world. There's just that's a fact, Jack. US orders from Vietnam surged 40% in the first quarter. Um they're going to overtake Italy, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, France and the UK as far as doing business. Now, something tells me Trump is going to go out of his way to say, I like the way Vietnam does business, right? With that out there, let's not get too caught up in this today. Please focus on the show, focus on the show. No surprise right now that trade matters are the the headline over the weekend. I turned on the news while I was trying to relax on the Memorial Day. My father was a two-time Vietnam vet, 30-plus year veteran of the U.S. Army, so I'm a military brat, as they like to say. Um, But over the weekend, I got to see a lot of Donald Trump in Japan. And, oh, no, did he just wear slippers into the sumo dojo? You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to wear uh, plain feet. You just stepped on sanctified ground. No. We got a lot of that kind of stuff over the Memorial Day weekend. So to me, that's very generic when it comes to talking about Wall Street. President Trump said he expects to see a great trade deal with China to come together in the future. And he also said the same thing about Japan. Otherwise, tariffs could go up very substantially. I like the word very. Very is one of the words, believe it or not, that we don't need. If you're hot, you're hot. You're not very hot. If you're cold, you're cold. You're not very cold. We don't need the word very. And yet, anytime someone uses it, I'm just like, ooh, you are very stupid. So China, for its part, is probably not going to give ground on its core economic interest, which means they're going to subsidize their state-owned enterprises and... A lot like the United States will say trade war. Oh, we're going to beat you. We're going to beat you. We're going to beat you, and we're going to be. And they'll do the same thing, and then the United States will just try to check to the farmers and say, "Sorry, we didn't really beat them, but here's twenty-five billion that you probably lost." Go buy some new equipment. That's kind of how it works. So the old nobody wins, we both lose. That's the taxpayer in these situations for both China and the United States. Continues to be a, a stalemate, stalemate, stalemate. And we're playing chess trade at kind of a checkmate. And it feels like we have two queens and two kings on the board. And like not, or just two kings. Not a lot of action going on. So the trade deal struck with Japan during the president's trip didn't happen. But Japanese officials have denied reports that a trade deal could be completed by August. Now, I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you on this whole trade deal stuff. And Part of the school that I go to is a school of, let's try to get everyone something in the world. If we give everybody something, then there's less to moan and groan about. And I, I, I continue to stand by that kind of concept that we don't have to win every single deal. And it doesn't have to be rep- 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 reciprocal. Each and every time, it doesn't have to be a win. Global Payments is acquiring total system services for $21.5 billion. That's a big merger acquisition. For the record, in the month of May, the NASDAQ, the S&P 400 mid-cap, the Russell 2000, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average are all down 57 55 49 and 3.8% respectively. So somewhere between 4 and 6%, right? And that's no bueno. Adios. Vamos, May. Oh, that's all I have for you. Oh, summer movies are here, right? The yield on the 10-year treasury has fallen to 2.29%. That's a 19-month low. Swing high, swing low, sweet 10-year treasury. Typically, a very good time to buy stocks is when the treasury dives. in large part because unlike a German submarine, we will sink you. Um, The 10-year treasury, it's sinking right now, and that's a good thing if you're an investor in equities. And and the fact that it kind of it's kind of caught up in like multi-year lows is even a better thing interest rate moves will continue to be a focal point for equity buyers me yes please there are more pieces of the puzzle out there right now for the stock market and people are being challenged by this one even though it's one of those like 10-piece puzzles that children can put together we just have to wait for it to happen so it's summertime if you're a police officer Go bust some heads. No, 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 no. Keep us safe and protected. If you're a baseball player, go hit some home runs or just get on base. Go do what you got to do because the voodoo that Wall Street does ain't going anywhere without you right now. It's just a piece of the puzzle that we continue to look at and go, hmm. Mackenzie Bezos commits half her fortune to the Warren Buffett's giving pledge. That's one of those times where a divorce actually kind of creates a winner-winner chicken dinner, right? Now, Jeff Bezos, for his part, one of the richest men in the world, if not the richest man on the day. He hasn't really said what he's going to do with his money one day. So he kind of hoped that he just doesn't die. That he can come up with a philanthropy plan while still alive. That would be important. Um, in my book. But again, that's Bill Gates was kind of a jerk of a businessman. And then retirement hits and he becomes a pretty good philanthropist. Billionaire Dan Gilbert awake. He's responsive after a stroke on Sunday. He's the guy that does his quick and loans. He's the Cleveland Cavalier guy. He's the guy that does the quick and loans. Every time you do a quick and loan or a rocket mortgage, you basically sign a free agent for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Stop doing rocket mortgages, okay? If you're a true Golden State Warrior fan. Oh, that's got to burden the people in Portland. <clears throat> Chad Burton. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Big event coming up. Learn more at RobBlackShow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area
0: airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and
1: streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I think we've all had a relationship with Netflix for a long period of time. I remember being single and living in San Francisco, and almost the great amount of joy that I got when that red envelope would push through the mail carton or the mail guard into the home, whatever you want to call that flap. It's like, ooh, gonna binge watch some Sopranos. I missed the Sopranos. I was working. I was working nine to five. What a way to make a living, right? And Sopranos came and went. So when I got that time in my life, I, I binged and I did it through Netflix. This weekend, I spent some time flipping through Netflix, flipping through HBO, trying to figure out, am I going to keep HBO or not? And I'll tell you what, that Real Sports is a good show. To me, that's worth that 10 bucks a month. Oh, but it's hit or miss. And John Oliver is hit or miss when it's on and when you have time to catch up to it, that kind of thing. And now the Game of Thrones is over. Oh, do you keep it or not? Right now, the average American consumer is spending anywhere between 60 to $100 on a cable bundle. And today, you can have Netflix for 9 to $12 a month. It's a fraction of the price. Now, as you get older, you're like, I don't really need to watch AMC One and AMC HD and FX and FXX and FXXX. Is there a show that I want to watch and can I watch it? Do I need that kind of bundle? And the answer is probably no for most of us. We watch about five hours of TV a day. That's a lot. And Netflix is pulling just $11.64 on average from us, even though we're spending between $60 and $100 a month on cable. I think millennials are the children of our future. I really do think that they're subscription-oriented. And I really think that they embrace, like, stupidity and say, that's stupid. So, subscriber growth is still out there. 150 million paid global subscribers. 88 million overseas. And that number is going to grow probably to 150 to 250 million over the next five years. Now, I'm not 100% sure Netflix is the end-all, be-all of TV, especially with millennials and the the generation beneath them. You know, my boys, my boys, my boys. boys, I guess they're millennials on some level, or Zs or something, right? I guess they're Zs. They're more about YouTube and uh, watching other people play video games, whether it be Twitch TV or what have you. And they're not really about Netflix, but again, I think Netflix plays into it. And one of my boys is smart <laughs> and he literally and then I'm not saying the other one's not I'll let you figure that out um, but he really likes the superhero movies so down on the road do I get Disney Plus or does he get Disney Plus and does he show his kid all the Disney you know superhero movies The average American subscribes to somewhere between two to three paid TV products a month. Too much for me. So, but then again, I have a Costco membership, even though I never go to Costco. And I have an Amazon membership, even though I guess I get most of my stuff from Amazon. But when push comes to, to shove, I'm like, I need that, you know, something today, right? So we have two to three TV bundles. HBO, Showtime, Hulu, Netflix. Disney's coming down the road. CBS has, for those who want to live long and prosper... And watch the new Star Trek show, which is now in its second season. And I haven't seen it. I haven't even looked at it because there's no way in the world I'm going to pay for a C- CBS subscription. But there it is, right? And that's why I think Netflix can go higher. It's kind of one of the core. You want to have it. The company has total control on content right now. And when they want to, they can raise prices. Because $11.64 a month is cheap compared to the $60 bucks we are paying for a cable bundle right now. So Reed Hastings is taking Jeff Bezos' playbook and artificially pricing the product low to heat competitors out. And leveraging the credit markets to fund the cash until they've built a global juggernaut that can't be competed with. Now, 5G is around the corner. And I'll sing my 5G song. 5G, nothing but 5G, nothing but 5G, 5, 5, 5G. And that will make smartphones more profitable, want more content from them. And Netflix seems to be kind of at the the sweet spot of content, as does YouTube, as does Hulu. CBS, not so much. Not for me. I can live. I can live. I want to live. Don't want to die without. I can live without CBS or stars. Now I'm still wondering about HBO, and I'll figure that out on my own. And again, it's not like I'm poor. But if I were, you get the picture. Later in the show, I got some WWE Monday Night Raw tickets to give away. Why don't I just give them away now? Winner receives a pair of two tickets to WWE Monday Night Raw. June 10th at the SAP Center, also known as the SAP Center in San Jose. Double main event. Universal Championship match. Universal Champion Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Who would name their kid Baron? Oh, yeah, the President of the United States. Raw Women's Championship match. Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans. I like the name Lacey. Don't know why, but I do. You get AJ Styles and Braun Strowman as well. Tickets on sale now at KDOW.biz. kdow.biz. Winner. Sh- winner. Winner. Two tickets to WWE Monday Night Raw, June 10th at SAP Center in San Jose. 800 516 1220 to win those their tickets. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Father's Day is right around the corner. I don't have much to say about that, um, other than don't get stuff that will never be used. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, yeah, I, I have nothing to say about Father's Day. I'm just going to take a pass on that one. Interest rates are the story right now. I'm happily invested when interest rates are this low, even though they're low and it's it causes stress because we're wondering what's wrong with the world and why are rates so low but I'm happy that they are. It's kind of like that stupid song. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. So I can clap my hands right now. I don't know why. Consumer confidence increased better than expected in May. We have jobs. Um, we've had a tough four weeks, which I look at things have been on sale for four weeks. So the Memorial Day sale has been going on for four weeks in stocks, which for the record, if you're going to buy outdoor furniture, this is the week to do it. I'm not a big barbecue fan unless you're actually going to use it, but if you're going to use it, use it good time to buy it right weakness in utilities and consumer staples consumer staples are things you got to have think of it like twinkies if there's a nuclear war you got to have it it's it's food it's it's things that you have to have utilities it's something you have to have and those are weak today because in my opinion things are cheap elsewhere i'm rob black talking all things financial on this memorial day week why not go with a uh, immigrant himself sting i'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money investing and more want the podcast with music
0: Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle
1: is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Sam Core Logic case Shiller Index came out today, and it's one of the indexes that I like to follow. Not because Robert Schiller is a fascinating guest to follow on CNBC or Bloomberg. He is. But because it kind of shows home prices across the United States, and it shows it on a similar basis year over year which I think is a better gauge than just randomly put together medians. Um, but buyers and sellers haven't really caught up to each other. Buyers want more affordable homes. Sellers kind of are lingering on that right now. So we've seen 12 straight months of slowing as far as numbers go. But will the balance of power shift? And it kind of is, but not quite there yet. Let's bring on Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. Start my morning each and every day with Mr. O'Hare. How are you today, sir? hey rob i'm doing fine
2: welcome back from the weekend
1: yeah and uh that has to be the question the sell in may and go away has been nothing but true this year may has been a rough month according to your page one i start every day with it should i should i go away for june too if i were to follow if i were to follow that idea of sell in
2: may and go away well, if you, I mean, yeah, if you really, if you subscribe to that actual added, sure, because um, I mean, the Stock Traders Almanac uh, does tell us that you know, if you were to invest solely in the period from May to October, you, I mean, you basically. Don't make any money for all intents and purposes based on the long term track record of, of the market. Whereas most of the gains and, and uh, almost all the gains have accrued in that period from November to April. Um, uh, but you know, uh, it's it's a really fascinating um, study and discovery. But you know, no one has the benefit of that uh, of that timing acumen really. So um, so we don't you know. Pr- put you know a lot of full faith and credit in in just playing those adages uh year in and year out because you know macro factors and you know, they all everything changes you know from one year to the next so while it does maybe pay off in some years you could really get burned in other years
1: with that being said over the weekend i was watching a little bit too much netflix and i wasn't on netflix i was on my youtube tv because i'm kind of that cord-cutting millennial even though i'm not a millennial i saw a lot of donald trump in the news this weekend um is that story of politics and trade going to die down during the summer, or do you think it picks up? And should we be wary of it, or is it just kind of politics not necessarily hitting Wall Street, or does it?
2: Yeah, well, you know, I, I tell you, Rob, I, I think it's unfortunately here to stay, um, okay. and it, it probably will, you know, continue to ratchet up anyway into the the month of June, and you know, you have the G20 meeting waiting for you at the at the end of that month and then um, and then right on the heels of that of course if nothing productive so to speak comes out of that uh, reported meeting uh, which I don't think has been confirmed yet by Chinese officials but between President Trump and President Xi if nothing good comes out of that then you have that that uh, lingering threat out there of um, you know uh, us raising the United States raising the you know tariff rates on an, uh, you know 300 billion dollar tranche of goods uh, to you know, potentially as high as twenty five percent, and so you kind of have that um, you know that stick just hanging there. Um, so so promises to be kind of a lot of back and forth. Obviously, you know, as trade related headlines here throughout the month of June, I think you're going to continue to see some of this just this seesaw action in the stock market as a result of it. Um, but okay. uh, the market 's looking for some closure on the issue and it 's just not getting it, which is why you 're not seeing any um, you 're not seeing an extension of this bull market run that we saw coming off that december twenty fourth low
1: still having a decent year on the markets, but it 's almost because we started so hot, and then it 's kind of kind of grounded down a little bit. One of the things I like about your morning column is the glo- um, you also kind of hit on like the Monday mergers, or in this case, the Tuesday mergers, global payments and total services getting together in a $21.5 billion deal. Is that maybe what can drive the market during the summer months when we don't necessarily have earnings or new iPhones
2: or big press releases
1: driving us? Maybe it's mergers and acquisitions this year?
2: Well, you'll get some spot situations, of course, but I think you're okay. going to have mostly, you know, stock-specific uh, moves um, <clears throat> in terms of the broader index. I think it's going to continue to be imprisoned by the the, the larger uh, trade factor. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, obviously, you know, you get uh, <clears throat> this M and A activity that's going to. Continue to persist, and it's interesting to to look at kind of what uh, deal size premiums are had with those uh, transactions. And it looks like uh, in the case here, you got about a twenty percent premium before the you know unaffected stock price. Um, so it's certainly you know not bad at all. But um, but I don't I still don't think you know you're gonna you're. St- going to see MA and a activity uh, help the market divorce itself, if you will, from what's going on with these macro factors.
1: Speaking of macro factors, shifting gears, you also do a big piece. You do a daily piece, which I love, start every day with. And then on Fridays, I kind of get excited. I shut down my computer. I, I see an email come in from you, and you're talking about kind of a big picture item, um, a little bit more than say, a bullet shot in the markets, you're talking about kind of a trend. What are you working on right now as far as things that we should be paying attention to?
2: Right. Um, You know, one of the things keeping a close eye on, which kind of is sort of uh, in some respects below the radar here as we talk about the – you know the big picture topic of trade is is kind of what's going on with the with the dollar, you know, and um, and how that could ultimately uh, the strength in the dollar could ultimately create uh, a little bit of turbulence uh, for the emerging markets. You know, we've seen the EEM, which is the ETF for the emerging markets. I mean, it's down over about ten uh, about ten percent over the last six weeks or so, and, and I think you're starting to see some. Some tremors in the market about uh, the persistence of this strong dollar and the, the uh, potential repayment burdens it can create for holders of you know sovereign debt in those emerging markets and um, and it makes one wonder too if if this uh, compression in yields you're seeing in the treasury market is 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 perhaps pricing in some of the uh, uh, uncertainty that could come to the surface here uh, in the near term as it relates to some. You know difficulties in the emerging markets as a result of this stronger dollar. So it's not the only factor, obviously, that's compressing Treasury yields, but it you know, could be, perhaps be a contributing factor that, uh, as we sit there and take into account, why the yield curve continues to uh, flatten and, and even invert uh, in, in several cases.
1: Mr. O'Hare, I, I don't want to cheat, but after 20-plus years of doing this, I've kind of learned, and you, I want you to slap me on this one, I've kind of learned that when the 10-year Treasury dives, it's time to buy stocks. And someone taught me, you buy bonds when the ten-year treasury's over four percent. You buy stocks when it's under four percent. I'd mm. change that number now to maybe three and a half percent or three and a quarter percent. But is that too simple of a thought? That you mentioned in your uh, morning piece today that ten-year sitting at two point two nine percent, nineteen-month low. I'm like, I guess I'm going to buy stocks, and I- I'm almost right. resigned to it. What are your thoughts on my seemingly simple idea?
2: No, and, you know, I mean, it's certainly you know, low interest rates uh, are supportive of risk assets, but you sometimes have to get through a period of near-term turbulence uh, as you assess why those rates are coming down, right? So if it's because you're going to see slower global growth, you're going to get lower earnings growth as a result of that, so you might see some multiple compression in the near term. But ultimately, a, you know, a drop in long-term rates uh, is advantageous for risk assets like equities, and you know, it gives you an opportunity probably to pick and choose uh, some of those, those better quality issues uh, to hold for the long term You know, when you're seeing interest rates come down like they are and, and remaining at, at, at low levels like they have been.
1: Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. I start my morning each and every day with this page one. It's a pretty full-fledged website slash app. I should mention that on occasion. Um, it's a paid service. I really dig it. It To me, it is a non-biased push into the markets each and every day, both domestic and international. You can find out more by going to briefing.com. That's briefing.com. And look at Mr. O'Hare working on Memorial Day week. Um, and the selling may and go away is kind of a thing this year. Um, am I telling you to do it? Nah, I'm saying maybe be patient. Maybe start thinking about what you're going to do long-term in the market. Maybe start putting together a list of stocks that you would want if things get hairy from here. Speaking of hairy... Huawei. Um, Huawei Technologies is casting a shadow of American companies right now, kind of like May. That could be good news for competitors of Huawei. We've seen companies in the U.S. like Intel and Qualcomm and Broadcom say that they're, they're going to struggle in large part because of the Huawei death knell, so to speak, that Donald Trump has put on that business out of China. So, semiconductor licensing companies like Imagination Technologies—they've got no research and development in the United States. They're proud of that. They could be one of those companies that does well, or an Infineon Technologies, or an ARM Holdings. Uh, based on the Trump administration, pressure and European allies take a tough line on Huawei. Most countries are stopping short of the outright ban the U.S. wants. Instead, of opting to tighten standards for data networks and five G gear, it's interesting why it's playing out. But the current trade tensions can only lead to more investments and contracts between Chinese companies and European Union companies, and I think they're going to take advantage of it. It's worthy of note that companies like Nokia, Nokia, and Ericsson, pretty much have left for dead companies, but they've been defiant and stayed alive. And now they have a big opportunity with the U.S. saying, you know, we're too good to work with criminals out of Huawei and the spying that they deal. It's fascinating. Facebook won't remove a manipulated video of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi because it doesn't violate company policy. I don't know how I feel about that. In the video, she appears to slur her words because how shall we say it's been edited that way? And it's been shared on social media millions of times by Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani and others. I don't know how I feel about Facebook anymore. I'm confused. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Little DMX. Y'all going to make me lose my mind up in here up in here when the stock market hits all-time highs i kind of start to lose my mind because everyone's making money and that's no bueno it's like green salsa no bueno i like the red salsa i like the the stuff that looks like it came from a pepper not what's that green stuff so i'm not a coward but i don't really like it when markets are hitting all-time highs because it takes away my ability to, to add value And I think that's what that song's about. I know you're saying, next time can you play an Ed Sheeran song instead of a DMX song? No. The answer is no. Activision Blizzard makes video games. I spent part of my weekend. (laughs) My 10-year-old said, Dad, if I qualify for a Fortnite tournament, can we go to New York? I said, hell yeah, we can go to New York. And then I was like, what are the the chances of you qualifying? And maybe I should have asked that question first. But... Kids today spend a lot of time on video games, on tablets, on Netflix, on YouTube, on social media. That's why we talk about stuff like Snap. One analyst I was reading over the weekend thinks Snap has the biggest upside out of all the stocks in his universe. I'm like, okay, what stocks are in your universe? And it was kind of a story stock kind of universe. So I spent some time. I'm like, okay, what video games will I play this summer or will i read a book or what will i do and i'll tell you what i used to like activision blizzard a lot so i was like let's start there stock was recently up as goldman sachs analysts upgraded the shares to buy from neutral adding it to america's conviction list i don't want to be on america's conviction list because it's it's too close to convict right but for goldman sachs it's a thing the analyst boosted his price target to 54 bucks just above the average, which is $53, according to all the analysts, when they merge their, their opinions together. Stock's down 13% since the beginning of May, so it's been an underperformer. Sell in May and go away has maybe created a opportunity knocks kind of scenario. They had a first quarter disappointment with Call of Duty 2020. And I just said duty. <laughs> oh, but has it created an attractive entry point? I don't care if the company makes cancer. I don't care if they make video games. I don't care if you make uh, meatless uh, hamburgers. When it comes down to it, a bad month of May doesn't create value. Two high-profile games, Call of Duty and Overwatch, are amongst reasons for optimism. Although I was reading this weekend that the commissioner of Overwatch or something like that has left Overwatch. He's he's heading over to Epic and, Call, and um, Fortnite. I'm like, okay, so success or failure starts at the top. In a couple years, I think, for instance... The San Jose Sharks need to fire their their GM, Doug Wilson. I'm not going to go to any more games. I'm not going to support them. I'm not going to say nice things about them until the season starts. I'm not going to do anything until they fire their GM until the season starts, and then I'll just suck it up and forget it all. But success or failure starts at the top, right? Whether it's football, whether it's the company you're at right now, Is your boss too passive? Does he let, you know, the sales team, you know, bull you over? Or do y'all work on content, content, content? As a guy at Oracle, are you getting your commissions? Or does Larry Ellison oddly enough fire you right before your commissions are paid? Success or failure starts at top. It always does, and it always bleeds down. That's something important here, even in video games worlds. Now, here's the question on Blizzard's key franchises. They got World of Warcraft. I can proudly tell you I've never played a minute of. They got Diablo, I could sadly tell you I played too much of. They got Overwatch, never played a minute of, and they got some Hearthstone games, but they also got, you know, some other stuff out there. Now, the 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 Call the Call of Duty and Overwatch obviously is what I'm leaning towards. It, Diablo is going to come out on a mobile platform. And hardcore Diablo fans and again, it's kind of one of those arcade games where you basically hit the mouse button to swing your sword or do a spell or heal people. It's a lot of mouse clicking, Um, and it's kind of a dungeon crawler. Will that translate onto the phone? What will get my kids to put down video games? What will get my kids to put them down and go to a different one? Activision uh, Lizard. (laughs) Here, Lizard, 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 Lizard. Activision Lizard had a bad month of May, and that's the way you kind of need to look at. Maybe this summer you do a trade. Maybe you can find a stock that, that makes sense to you. Maybe it's marijuana. A lot of people ask me about Canopy Growth. And they, it doesn't look like they're going to have a, a great quarter. So that's out there, right? MGM. They're one of those companies that China could say, get out of our country. Go! I know you're saying, are you doing a Chinese accent that sounds oddly like, uh, how shall we say, a Transylvanian vampire? Get out of my country. Go! So Barron, not Barron's, but um, MGM and, and China could run into a, a thing with each other. They could be, uh, maybe it's not Apple that China picks on. We've picked on Huawei, for better or for worse, it is what it is. Would you wager on MGM? House always wins, right? Unless you're Donald Trump and you own a casino, and then the casino goes bankrupt. That's impossible. I want to talk about the stocks that have been winner-winner chicken dinners this year. Cody, ticker symbol C-O-T-Y. It's soared because it's German conglomerate, boosted its stake in the beauty and cosmetics maker. There's always getting people that are ugly and people need makeup. and the combination is a winner for cosmetics. Anadarko Petroleum up 60%. Occidental Petroleum outbid Chevron to buy Anadarko, so it was a merger thing. Xerox is a winner. How is that possible? Xerox is like a dead tech company. And yet they're up 58% this year Technical symbols XRx. CMG, Chipotle Mexican Grill, winner, winner. Fast food or fast convenient food, a lot of delivery, a lot of mobile, a lot of um, rewards, pushing that stock higher. And Tyson Foods, a chicken maker, a chicken maker, doing better even in the face of African swine fever. They're going to raise prices. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more